Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Audio Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Maybe more. It has no real time limits making their way into your ears. First, from a place called Garniston, he is the Pyramid. Margaret, any fiend coming out? You stick on, stick that big red red light bulb on for a fiend. And his partner, Fader Top and Stevenson. Honky Tonk Man's going to take the bump for you. She's going to bump for you. I'ma take the bump for you. I'ma take the bump for you. Hello and welcome to Wrestling Daft. No, I am not Rab Forms. I am John, normally producing this show, but I'm taking over the hosting duties. I'm doing a run-in on Rab because he's away getting married. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it won't be a traditional wrestling wedding where he finds himself up at the altar. Um, the ceremony happens only for the register to unmask in an Eric Bischoff style and underneath that mask would be Grado. Hopefully that will not happen this weekend when he gets married. And Grego isn't here either, so uh, don't expect the usual 193 mentions of TNA. Instead, I'm joined by my tag partners from the Marks podcast. If you've not listened to that every Tuesday, thank you very much. It's a wee bit like the invasion angle, you know, you think you're going to get some big names and then it's just a bit of a disappointment. So please welcome uh, Wrestling Daft's answer to Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare. It's Big Alex and Scotland's premier wrestling journalist, Gary Cassidy. How's it going? That's it. Don't worry, I'll be bringing the TNA references anyway. I'm uh, I'm happy to bring that that counter up a wee bit. You guys love TNA. <laughs> I'm just disappointed you didn't introduce us as Billy as Chuck, because then you could have been Rico. No, you're oh, not stylish. Yeah, I'm more probably Hugh Morris. Um, <laughs> probably you were. God, did that ripping off that blast of the invasion angle again? How bad was that? Jesus, God. Um, so anyway, uh, I'll have to tell you about um. Grado, because he's, you know, Rab's getting married, and originally Grado was going to be at the wedding, you know, they're good pals on this podcast, known each other for many, many a year, um, so Rab had put out an invite to Grado, or what he thought was an invite, saying, you know, we'd love for you to to witness our wedding, so Grado's like, wow, I get to go to Rab Fornes' wedding, you know? And he's going to his girlfriend, listen, we need to go to this wedding. Greg Kempel's going to be there. Very good friends with Rab. All the big showbiz stars will be there. Listen, you go out and get yourself a dress. I'm away to buy a new suit. So this happens. Grado then looked at the invitation after all this happens and scrolled down to think, you are invited to watch the live stream of Rab Florence's wedding. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so he's, went, he's got a new suit out of it, at least. So and he's, does uh, does his girlfriend still have that new dress? And I, I don't know. Grado, 
<laughs> Grado will have it back at the shop. Grado will have it. Don't you worry about that. So, yeah. So, uh, good luck to Rab getting married on Saturday. Um, they'll be back really, really soon on this podcast. Um, so, But we're keeping the ship going. Um, we've got all the usual stuff uh, that you're used to on the headline show. We've not brought our marquee stuff with us this week. Uh, so, all the usual stuff. Gary is taking charge of the list of wrestling daft this week. Um, we'll get into that and tell you what's happening with that later on. We'll have your buddy and putovers from This Week in Wrestling. There is a lot to digest this week. <laughs> Ah, when you hell. mentioned uh, when you mentioned that we're not bringing the Mark stuff, I heard a collective sigh from every listener that we're not getting turning Japanese on this show. Oh, I know. We really <laughs> brought the most popular feature in wrestling daft with us. Almost as big as the size when Tamatonga heard what you'd called the segment. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's a good name for a segment. Um, and uh, we've got a retro review. We kicked this off a couple of weeks ago. It kind of died on its arse because of everything that happened. But it's back. And we've got backup on it, or certainly I've got a tag partner that I'm bringing in on this. Uh, my friend Gary Spence. Hang on a second. You said we were your tag team partners. and you just Yeah, yeah. We were your tag you know team partners for less than five minutes. You know how wrestling works, Alex. Just um, we so know who we... the Seth Rollins of this shield is, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> uh, don't turn your back on me, boy. Um, <laughs> So my friend, Radio's Gary Spence, you might have heard him if you, if you live in Scotland, you'll hear him on Clyde One, Fourth One, North Sound, wherever you are in Scotland, he does the drive time show, but he's also a massive mark, but he's a mark for a certain genre and era of wrestling. So we'll get into that with Gary when he comes on the show a bit later on. He's going to pick up a pay-per-view for us all to watch. And big news, big guess, Gary has brought the Good Brothers to wrestling daft. What are we going to hear from those boys? My my very good friends, the Good Brothers. Your who, very um, good friend. <laughs> loves a name dropper, Gary. Uh, my, my very good friends, only because they have uh, promised that I'm too far away for them to hit me with a magic killer, which I, of course, asked them in the interview. Uh, but yeah, really, really good chat. A lot of uh, impact stuff for anybody that's missing Grado this week and missing the DNA chat. Don't worry, the Good Brothers talk all about DNA and impact where they are now signed. And yeah, um, the, the most newsworthy bit, the, the bit that I absolutely loved that I was sitting laughing away at was that they said, um, I asked, you know, what was AJ Styles' reaction? Because he is somewhat of a TNA legend. Did you ask for any advice before you signed there? And they essentially said that they were trying to talk AJ Styles into going back to Impact. So yeah, good brothers. I keep saying it, they're guys who don't leave money on the table. And they showed that in this interview. A really, really fun chat for me. And I'm glad you didn't get your arse kicked because obviously you were the one that broke the story which went worldwide had hundreds and hundreds of thousands of tweets about um, them going to impact and you were the person that broke it so i'm surprised you just as well you were far away from because you would have got your ass kicked surely uh, well one of my um, one of my friends who used to write for sports Gear, still does occasionally but writes for a website called the sportster also interviewed them and he directly asked about that to try and land me in it i kind of pottled about where you know i addressed it a wee bit but not quite mentioning it too much and he mentioned it and they actually said they liked the fact that the news oh, got leaked right, there you so go. i seem to have locked out a wee bit there it's uh, it's not really came back to bite me yet but we'll see if i'm ever in the same room as them that's terrible heel work from your friend, by the way. How to bury somebody. Like yeah, that. <laughs> it's terrible, terrible heel work. And he loves a good Twitter rivalry, mate. He's, he's always getting in about oh, the Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Oh, get, get involved with Gary. See if you want to say something controversial. Gary will bite. Yeah. <laughs> if, you want to go, if you want to go fishing, right, tweet Gary at Wrestling Daft with something controversial. He will bite like no one. 
<laughs> so anyway, uh, hopefully by now you know that Rab and Grado are staying on the show, and we've got you guys to thank for that. Um, everyone got signed up to the pa- Patreon after it looked like the show was on the ropes. Um, so they'll be back on the 21st of August with the full show, so we're kind of babysitting it for the next couple of weeks. Oh, Rab gets married, as I say. Um, the response has been brilliant from you guys. Uh, Death Rollins says, The news I was hoping for here, um, Rab and Grado with our no-fucks-given take on wrestling. That's, we should get that in our t-shirts. Wrestling daft, <laughs> no-fucks-given. Um, so now we're fan-owned, uh, and he says, Poor Conan. This was in response to the fact one of our listeners reached out to Conan to try and get him to tweet nice things about the show, which he did. Unfortunately, Rab thinks he's shite. So... <laughs> This is a modern day um, or a wrestling daft equivalent of Pat McAfee, Adam Cole. Oh, yes. Definitely Conan Rab Florence is the, <laughs> the modern about, day equivalent. Must talk about that in the Bunny and Put Over later on as well. Uh, Stuart says, the best six and a half minutes of my life watching the video for the announced for staying since he lost his virginity. Six and a half minutes? Jeez, that's good. Um, so happy you're going to continue. All the best, fellas. And Keen Coy says, yes, boys. The bingo balance wrestling daft dream lives on. Oh. It does. Imagine the day when Bingo Balance comes on to this show. So thank you very much. Um, there was a few people that thought it was a work. Come on, we're a wrestling podcast. We wouldn't work you, would we? Anyway, it's all been kicking off on Twitter this week as we put up a fan poster. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Have you seen... Oh, you've obviously heard that Chris Hemsworth's meant to be playing Hogan, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I've seen that fan post. I really wish that I used a more bulked up photo of uh, Chris Hemsworth because yeah, he is yeah. bigger than that photo. Well, I guess I but you need that gonna... angle to get the moustache in and stuff. How big, how big of a method actor do you think Chris Hemsworth is? Do you think he's going to go full steroids to get the Hogan look? Oh, I, I thought you In... meant, is he going to be a racist? And ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. If you're going to do method acting, now's the time to do it. Now's the time to come out as a racist. You will get all the Twitter reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, we put that out there and we kind of asked the question. We, we said, if the, you know, if there's any, what actors would you like to see play wrestlers? So we, we threw that out there. Have you got any get ones off the top of your head, guys, that you think, well, you've seen an actor going, they would be brilliant at playing that wrestler? So the one that I always wanted to see, and this isn't so much a wrestler, we've all heard the rumours of Vince McMahon um, and having, oh, who was it, Ryan Gosling that was meant to play him. Sorry, yeah. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper was meant to oh, play. Oh, was it not Ryan Gosling? Ryan Gosling. It was, be, it was Bradley Cooper. It was Bradley, it was Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Really, Ryan Gosling would make more sense to be Vince than, than Brad Cooper for me. I disagree, but I think Bradley Cooper would be a much better Vince. Oh, no, I've, I've got a better one than that. My favourite actor of all time, the man who can play any role, Michael Keaton, I think would have been a Ooh. fan. Man. Yeah, I'm up for that. Really See, I was going in a slightly different direction. I thought we could get someone like Danny DeVito to play Paul Heyman. That was a little bit of comedy relief. (laughs) Or or the other one for me would be to get Ron Perlman as Kevin Nash. Oh, yes, yes. Vince Vince would definitely book a small person playing Paul Heyman. He loves loves a dwarf and a midget, does uh, Vince, so... Or Michael Shiklis playing uh, either Eric Young or Stone Cold Steve Austin. They've got a kind of similar look. Oh, yeah. That's a good shout. Um, men talking about Danny DeVito, we'll get into the listener suggestions here. Uh, P. Wills says Danny DeVito is great, though. Oh, come on. Yes. I mean, Grado when he's a bit older. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Have, have Rab Florence as Grado. Rab Florence as Grado. That now, would be that, the way to do it. That would be a real head fuck then. That would, be, <laughs> that would melt my mind. Um, Callum Hines says, Seth Rogen is Sami Zayn. Yeah, they, they, they look identical. That. I can see that. 
John McFarlane's went for it. There, this is a good shout. We were talking about Vince there. Joachim Phoenix is Vince. Oh, aye, aye, that would be good. That is a, that is the best shout. So yeah, definitely. Like, uh, can we not put Joachim Phoenix as Shane? <laughs> oh yeah, he could do so. What? So we're having Bradley. He could Cooper do like and... a Moody, like kind of. Yeah. No, Shane. Shane, Shane is definitely both Brad Pitt and Ed Norton. That's just obviously the way it's got to be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, after the fight. Oh, sorry. how about... Fight right. Cop, I was going to say, WWE Fight Club, sorry, Raw Underground. How about Statham as Cesaro? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, or, what, I mean, or, that's just bald man. Or, or bald um, man for bald man. The Rock as The Rock. That would work. <laughs> <laughs> um Andy says Sir Ben Kingsley and Tara Reid as Perry Saturn and Moppy. <laughs> yes, yes, make an entire book film it, about that. It. That would be fantastic. Uh, on Bradley Cooper, Henry says he'd make a decent Ted DiBiase. Bradley, I can see that. I can see that. Um, Fraser's went down a whole different um, route here. He's went for a River City edition. So he's got Jordan Young as Mr. Anderson. Anderson. Uh, Stephen Purden, she also Bob as Ray Mysterio. Definitely with the mask on. Um, <laughs> Gradle as Bubba Ray Dudley. I can see that. Yes, yes, 100%. Frank Gallagher. I'm not sure Gradle will take that reference, though. Yeah. If you're not a River City fan, you'll have no idea at this point what I'm talking about. Frank Gallagher, uh, who's Lenny Murdoch, is Bobby the Brain Heenan. And Sally Howlett, who plays Scarlet, is the sensational Sherry. There you go. River City meets wrestling. Who knew it would happen? Um, <laughs> Neil says Matthew McConkey is Matt Riddle. Ah, oh, I, uh, I can kind of see yeah. that. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> um, that's about as good as I get with Matthew McConkey. <laughs> I think everybody does that. Um, Jimmer says uh, Jeanette and Ian Cranky is the Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel McBride, a young Kurt Russell, is Dolph Ziggler. Oh, that's a good shout. I'd be this one from Scott Samuel Jackson playing Teddy Long would be wild. You're going to one-on-one with the Undertaker, motherfucker. R-rated <laughs> um, Teddy Long. Yep. Uh, Mark says, Alf Stewart from Home and Away as the repo man. Kim Kelly, not that one, uh, says Christopher, Christopher Biggins and Alan Titchmarsh as Patterson and Briscoe. George Galloway as Goldust, says Graham. And I think this, this is the best shout of them all. Uh, Andy says, Crazy Mel Gibson should play Roddy Piper. That's that. Aye, okay. He's already unrealistically played one kind of Scotsman, I guess. Um, <laughs> and that was a, uh, Piper, is he not Canadian? Piper's Canadian, yeah. yeah so you, mm. oh, That's a whole head melt, that. It's a bit of a um, shame, isn't it? So, um, what's left over? I got This came in today from Chris, and I've got to say, this is next week's homework, right? Listen to this. <laughs> Starts off a bit dubious, but we'll go for it. Um, after Marty Jannetty's tweet confessing to murder, I was wondering what is the best stroke funniest rumour you've heard about a wrestler? When I was at school in the early 90s, loads of rumours the warrior died and was replaced. That's why it looked so different at Mania 8. I remember that rumour. I remember Warrior turn up and you're like, that's a different warrior, man. There's a similar rumour of that going about just now about Vince McMahon. What? Yeah, like about Paul- Vince McMahon Jr. That apparently, you know, it's the full Paul McCartney thing all over again. Is it? There's, aye, there's a, a rumour about that. But obviously, very unsubstantiated. 
But that was a wormhole I went down one night and was like, wait a minute, this doesn't make much sense, but it's interesting anyway. Go and give, give us, in fact, we well, would just now, Gary, we need to investigate this. There's two Vince McMahons, that's amazing. Um, so yeah, that's your homework for next week. We want to hear about your uh, mad rumours from wrestling. So if you want to get involved in that or just throw us some random wrestling-related stuff, get on us on Twitter, at Wrestling Daft on Insta, at Wrestling Daft Podcast, and just plain old Wrestling Daft on Facebook. <laughs> So every week on Wrestling Daft, I like to separate the good from the bad, the murderers from the non-murderers. When have we ever tried to do that before? <laughs> Has this just turned into some kind of wrestling cluedo that I wasn't aware of? Yeah, well, you know, it's in reference to something that's about to come up. Uh, let's go over in the buddy and putovers for you guys for this week. Uh, Gary, come to you first. What is your buddy and putovers from this week? You're going to hate me. My putover is Raw Underground. Oh, get to <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I just think it's the kind of thing that I um, there's potential there. There was a, mentioned on the Marks podcast a lot of stuff I didn't like about it, but there's definitely potential there. Um, my bury is an interesting one. I'm actually gonna bury Lance Storm. Ooh, uh, and I, I, specific. Yeah, and I love Lance Storm as an in-ring talent. You know, looking back twenty years ago, loved the guy. He has caused an absolute shitstorm on Twitter today by saying intergender wrestling shouldn't be a thing, um, which I disagree with. I agree that you should be able to, you know, opt in or out of it, depending on if you like it or not. But, you know, you shouldn't have just shut it down completely. So Landstorm, purely for that opinion, I like the guy otherwise, but Landstorm and another person who weighed in on it. And again, this is where I can bring a wee bit of the, the Rab Florence to the podcast, because I know that Grado would hate me saying this. Jim Cornette has also weighed in, so I'm burying Jim Cornette by uh, proxy, and that is something that I will always do. <laughs> Alex, what you got? This week, I want to put over one of my favourites, a Mr. Eric Bischoff, for coming oh, back yeah. to AEW, <laughs> playing the role of uh, adjudicator between Jericho and Cassidy, and not hogging the spotlight from Jericho or Cassidy. And what is your body? I would like to bury Eric Bischoff. Because like I've went back the last like ever since the rumor of him coming up, I was like I'll go back and listen to some eighty three weeks, and what you learn from eighty three weeks, which I forgot about, is that he, he takes talks no a lot. He talks a lot, and he takes no responsibility for anything that he does. Did I overuse Ric Flair? No, that wasn't me. That was such and such. And yeah, did I yeah. Guarantee contracts? No. So he needs to stand up, take responsibility for one thing, and inspire the rest of America to wear bloody masks. Basically, I mean, he, he brought WCW into the ground, didn't he? But I, I was going to say, my controversial opinion there would be Eric Bischoff going, did I bury the rest of the roster by uh, pushing NW, uh, NWO too hard or letting oh. them push themselves too hard? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, maybe not. I'm, uh, watching, I'm watching the Monday Night Wars thing on uh, the network at the moment, and it, it, I mean, it's very obviously, because it's made by the WWE, it's obviously very biased towards the <laughs> WWE. It's ridiculous, actually. <laughs> But um, you just go, bloody hell. So, yeah, that's um, for me, burying put over. I would say putting over this week, MJF's um, incredible. I, I have not seen last night's uh, AEW, but I believe he was doing a tour of his headquarters, which was equally as good as last week's address to the nation, which is fantastic. I love MJF. We all know my love of MJF. You two certainly know. Um, and I'm going to bury Raw Underground, funnily enough. Um <laughs> So I really wish I'd put Raw over, Underground over now, because then it would be two to one. Don't worry, Alex. Several of the listeners have as we move on to your tweet. <laughs> Matthew, put over Raw Underground. 
looking forward to seeing how it goes. Could be a great opportunity for Lesnar and Lashley to have about that yep. won't happen. That won't happen. Uh, you never know. No um, chance of yeah. that happening. Don't, Matthew, wind your neck in. That's not going to happen. I feel like I'm rapping that, actually. Yeah, I feel like I, rapping. I'm when John's <laughs> officially turned heel. Yeah. Uh, Willie Jakes, good name, uh, put over pretty much anyone who cut a promo this week. Can't fault anyone for effort. Drew Orton, OC Jericho were both tremendous segments. Yeah, they're doing a big thing. On, I've noticed this week on um, Bleacher Report, they're doing like promo week and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know if that ties in with that. But um, he's saying, Buddy Kevin Dunn, these million camera cuts per second need to go. Gary, you're all over that, aren't you? Oh, man, 100%. If you have more than one camera cut in a second, I already think it's way too much. And that is, <laughs> there was a, that one I always go back to with SmackDown two years ago where they had 64 camera cuts in about 40 seconds. Raw underground, that's them. one of the things. No, <laughs> um, I took that for Twitter. <laughs> 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 no chance I was I would not put a bastard if you sat and counted them. Um, oh, do you know what? I also I should have really put over because we found this out last night. We we're, were talking in our WhatsApp chat that uh, AEW have bought the right to right to censor dot com, and now if you click on it, used to be when right to censor were a thing. It used to come up under the thing right to censor dot com, and WWE used to have a holding site for right to censor. But AEW have bought the URL, so every time if you go right to censor dot com, it goes with the AEW website. I love that bit of shithousery. I love that <laughs> shithousery. Brilliant. Um, That's free advertising on WWE Network, if nothing else, because the <laughs> website's still there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Big Mad Andy says, buddy, people who listen to this podcast, but don't sub to Patreon. Here, here, Andy. <laughs> um, put over MGF's promo last week. Big Mad Andy's in running for listener of the week so far, I'll tell you that much. Um, Karate Warrior 2, buddy WWE Marks, who likes straight-to-DVD bootleg reimagining of Bloodsport, Raw Underground, but shat all, all, all over WC, WCW's gear. WCW gear, I don't remember that. I don't remember that either, but I was about nine years old when I was watching WCW, so yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. why. <laughs> buddy dead on the the so... No one wants to remember certain things from WCW, let's be honest. The, <laughs> no, the best just left in the past. But well done for Buddy and Raw Underground. That's one for me. Um, <laughs> Aldo's me. Tash, uh, the Jericho-Cassidy debate moment was perfect. Cassidy getting his silent Bob-style rant from chasing Amy was brilliant. He's totally going over Jericho next week. I've not seen this yet, Alex. How good was it? Oh, it was excellent. At one point... Um... Uh, one of the questions is about uh, climate change, and Cassidy just goes off into a rant about climate change. It's just, it's just. Well, was it like that scene in old school? I don't know if you've seen old school with Will Ferrell when he's doing the debate, and he just suddenly goes, blurts out, and he wins the debate. Was Not like, quite something similar, but they, right, you know, okay. they, they set it up. They've been very political with the presentation of it. I love it. It was great. Right, great. I look forward to watching that. Hey, Dan says, "Bury that fucking nonsense." Shane McMahon decided to do. Yeah, another one for me. If I want to watch that pish, I'll watch Fight Club. Put over the two greatest wrestling podcast hosts, Bab Fonts and Grado Wrestling, for continuing and ensuring I don't jump in the bath with a toaster. John's no bad and all. Thank you very much, Dan. Um, uh, that guy's not getting last of the week. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon, put over how confident uh, Dominic McSteel looks. He does, doesn't he? Aye. Looked absolutely incredible in that, that segment with the kendo stick. And I mentioned, you know, the camera. We mentioned the camera cuts. The camera was one of those things where it was like, how much shaking do you want? Yes. And it was terrible, but Dominic Mysterio was fantastic in it. It was just... <laughs> I love how Alex is, if you're watching the video version, Alex is now showing us how that works on the screen. Aye, but Dominic looks brilliant. I keep uh, telling people to go to his Twitter profile, his pinned tweet, 
is him hitting one of the best drop kicks I've ever seen in my life. Really? It's Randy Orton-esque. I, I would like, is- I'd like to see him get a few... Ma- I think putting him into a, a match against Summer, at SummerSlam is a big ask, though. You would oh, like, think, like to have seen him getting a few kind of warm-up matches, and I hope they maybe yeah. do that. Maybe they put him in with Murphy. Maybe they put him in with a couple of guys in the run-up to SummerSlam to give him... I, some- I wanted to see him in a tag team match first with Rey Mysterio yeah. against Murphy and Rollins. I thought that would have been better. But at the same time, I think Seth Rollins is able to carry any match anyway, and Dominic does look good, so I'll see... Yeah. I'm not as nervous as I normally would be for, you know, like Tyson Fury's first match. <laughs> I'm not quite that nervous, so we'll wait yeah, and see. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and maybe Pat McAfee will live. take away the, the heat. <laughs> it yes. won't be live, surely, if it's SummerSlam. Like, they'll do pre-recorded stuff. Oh, yeah, that's actually a good so show. They'll, they'll probably yeah, pre-tape yeah. the match, no, just in case. No, I've heard rumours that for SummerSlam, they're looking to get an outdoor venue and could be up to 500 people watching it. So yep. whether that means... I, I really want them to do the UFC and get the boat. Just get a, get a, get get a cruise ship, Vince. They aren't being used. You can probably pick one up for 10 a penny, sail it out into international waters, and you're away. Yeah, I've, I've just thought of three words that I think would make for the best TV ever. What? Raw Underground Island. Oh, <laughs> Gary, um, Go Underground at Sea. Raw Underground at Sea, I want it now. Gordon is putting over a donut to see you, but what's the buddy AEW for booking the shite Funkadactyl? <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, I'm interviewing her on Monday. <laughs> oh, but right, okay, we'll redact that. We'll redact that. Uh, Jim put over Drew and Orton's promo. We were talking about that in the Marks uh, show. It was really, really good, wasn't it? Uh, loved it and yep. gripped. Plus, my son actually sat still and watched it, so it must have meant it was good. Also, the fact he loved uh, him calling him a prick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that was my favourite bit of the uh, Drew um, Orton promo when he called him a prick. That was that was that was special. And as we talked about in the Marks pro, uh, podcast, definitely more Scottish swear words should be used on WWE television. I fully expect him calling Randy Orton a ball bag on the run up to SummerSlam. That better happen. And um, buddy, the fact that there's so much good wrestling on, but I don't have enough time in a week to watch it all anymore. I know, isn't it, man? It's. It's the one time, or I say the one time, it's the five times a week that I wish I lived in America because staying up to four in the morning just isn't feasible at all. You're, you're going to kill yourself, young guy. <laughs> you watch yourself. I'm like your mum. You just watch yourself and how you go, okay? Uh, a ghost trapped in a piece of jewelry says, bury the finish to the Sasha Sheena match on Raw. Ref stoppage for two people not in the match, fighting at ringside. Uh, yeah, like Bailey and Asuka were having a wee fight and then the ref stopped the match. There was also, um, we, we should have also buried BT Sport because last night they didn't show NXT for the first 17 minutes. Oh, really? I was sat waiting for NXT to come on and then I see Ryan Giggs on my telly, uh, which, <laughs> as you can see, I'm wearing a lot of them, so I'm not a Ryan NXT. Giggs fan. Um, this isn't going to go well. And what happened was they showed Meet the Managers, which is a BT Sport thing where they have, you know, the managers each of the, the nations in the UK. Uh, all just talking around a table about how they're dealing with lockdown. Um, <laughs> Boris Johnson took, gets up and hits Nicholas Sturgeon with a chair. It took about five minutes before they actually flashed up a, a lower third, and the lower third said um, the scheduled programming has changed due to, oh, sorry, in light of recent events. And it's like, what recent events could stop BT Sports show in NXT? Turns out that's their generic thing rather than technical difficulties. So it oh, came on 17 minutes late. You know, like midway through the uh, or near the end of the Rhea Ripley Dakota Kai match, it was so clearly I, a work from BT Sport. It was clearly a work. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, Ghost Trap and a piece of jewelry wants to put over the OC Jericho debate. Yeah, 
Had that, so cool. Uh, ben put over Rab finally getting his wedding this weekend. Yay! Uh, Buddy Gradle as he'll pull off a Bischoff mask and pretend to be the registrar. Yep. <laughs> That's where I stole that gag from. Um, Ian, uh, buddy, the first match on AEW. What a load of bollocks. Kenny Omega selling a stomp like he'd been shot, but some of the other shit that gets done doesn't seem to register. Alex, thoughts? Was that from the week before? Uh, I, oh, maybe it's from the week before, actually. I think it's from um, last week. Yeah, this, say, this, last week was a bag. I was about to say, this week's <laughs> opening match of Dynamite was class. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It must it have been for the week. Chaos, it was great. Oh, however, Alex Ian goes on to say AEW is fucking garbage. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> let's get Alex mad now. Uh, Matt Jackson battering everyone, then running to a corner and being confused that there was no one there when he was looking right at the corner to see that there was no one there. The whole fucking time sums that company up perfectly. <laughs> oh, would you like Speechless. to report? Speechless. Here's what he put over the fact that I want to bury all the shit that these companies do thinking they'll get viewers instead of trying actual sensible logical wrestling. If I want shit comedy, I'll watch the Big Bang Theory. And if I want MMA, I'll watch MMA. That's why it's only got a niche audience these days. I mean, if you want comedy and you want wrestling, you just watch the Big Show show on Netflix, do you not? (laughs) Not that I've ever put myself through that, just just pointing that out before you think I'm trying to put that over as well. In terms of the Big Show, I decided that um, the Big Show's acting career definitely peaked during Waterboy and nothing will ever beat it, so it doesn't, <laughs> they need to watch yeah. the Big Show show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Derek uh, wants to buddy FTR using polystyrene cool boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Put over Santana and Ortiz for being funny as fuck. Alex, you agree with that? Huh? I do love Santana and Ortiz. I know. Did you, did, you didn't see it this week, John. They destroyed Trent's Ma's van. Did they? Trent's Ma? Oh, Trent's Ma, man. And finally, Jamie Ogden was putting over Pat McAfee. Genuine, massive dickhead heat. <laughs> that, that segment. I love that, Oh, man. Honestly, I've never been less invested in like a, a storyline until something and then more invested afterwards. Right. The way they executed last night was brilliant. The Triple H pushing them, you know, everything was spot on about it. The pun, the way they, all the production was amazing. I loved it. Thought it was I'm, I'm, I'm definitely getting the term dickhead heat on a t-shirt as well. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time for our new feature on the show, Retro Review. We launched this a couple of weeks ago, but it kind of died in its arse with everything that happened to Rabin Grado. So we're relaunching it. It's rebranding tonight. Think of this as... Let's think of a tag team that kind of rebranded. Give me an example, guys. Oh, the Colognes. They were the Los Col- Matadores. They were the Shining Stars. Yeah, this is like Everything. the Shining. This is like the Shining Stars of features on the show. Uh, Should so be proud please, of that reference. Right, I'll, I'll delete that reference. So basically, what happens is we give you something to go and watch for your homework. Do you watch it? You get back to us next week. You tell us what you think. We all watch it together. We all review it together. That's that's how it works. Um, so I'm with you, obviously you guys. I'm of a certain vintage, as I always like to say in this podcast. And you know, whether you guys are like Young Bucks or you know one of these fancy revival or some shit like that, you know, I'm more of a kind of Legion of Doom kind of guy, an Arn and Tully kind of guy. So I need to bring in a tag team partner here. So he's my animal to my hawk. It's Gary Spence. Now, Gary, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Good to meet you all. Yeah. I'm, already, I'm already annoyed at your reference, A Legion of Doom, because everyone knows they are truly the fucking road warriors. Well, that's true. Now, that's how old school we're going here. That is exactly how old school we're going. Now, you might have heard Gary's voice. If you if you live in Scotland, um, Gary's across the nation on various different radio stations, talking shite on drive time, doing travel, all that sort of stuff. But 
deep down, I know this man is a huge wrestling mark. However, he knows fuck all about the current product. Like, if yep. you ever ask anything about NXT, Gary, do you know what you mean NXT is? I was calling it next for like three years. So, and that's not, I'm not even trying to be funny, by the way. I'm really not. You know, <laughs> no, this, this will this sadly become apparent to you. This is true. This is true. So, uh, Gary knows nothing about the current product. Do you know what the, the current world champion is? You must uh, yeah, because, because I interviewed him the 12 hours after he won it, unless he's lost it again, Drew. Yes, well done. Well done. Um, so, yeah. Obviously, I didn't tell him I don't watch it. I'm like, oh yeah, I've been watching your rise and your climb over the last year. What an inspiration you've been! <laughs> <laughs> Turning up for the big games, I think they call that. Yeah, that's it. He'll watch WrestleMania, right enough. He will watch WrestleMania once yeah. a year. But um, yeah, so Gary, what is your kind of specialist area of wrestling? Right. So, and you mentioned it's interesting the fact that you're you know of a certain vintage. To me, it's not an age thing because I am younger than John and and. I'm still into older stuff now. Not by much, to be fair. Well, um, I, I'm younger than John. That's right. the fact. So, <laughs> and and for a good while, when I got the network, uh, John was—I uh, think John was moving house or something. So he had my login, and it was hilarious because John would be um, going on to check out the latest NXT, as it turns out, it's called, and the latest Raw, <laughs> and all he would see is continue watching Starcade '93 because I was just watching. <laughs> All this old shit, and you know, my specialist subject on Mastermind. We did it on my radio show a few weeks ago uh, with the boys. My co-host, a big Dunfermline fan, and uh, mm. I, I think I was, so. His was the pars, but I think I was actually starting to keep them out because I, I think the point where they sort of went, "No, get the fuck out of here," was when I was able to say that WrestleMania Four was held on Sunday, the twenty eighth of March, nineteen eighty eight, at the Trump Plaza. The first of two, of course, which which happened there, and uh, yeah, so WrestleMania's one to 10 after that I think I was just one of these wee guys that I wouldn't watch WCW but all my sort of gimmick guys they'd all gone there and you know that was that was the new WWE to me but I can't remember if it wasn't on TV as much or easily accessible but it just wasn't the real thing to me I do remember um again I'm giving my age away here despite never being a WCW guy I remember when I got the wrestling ring and figures from index catalog that wcw always had a better ring because it had a wee platform you could spring them off yeah. and with that i'm with that i'm just gonna shut the fuck up because mm. i sound like your <laughs> granddad talking about and of course it was this big bit they called it vinyl and you put the needle on it <laughs> so wrestlemania one to ten right gary i don't think i've ever asked you this who's your favorite wrestler of all time it's hogan isn't it it's, it's absolutely not Hogan, no. And this was before I knew what a bit of a cock he was in real life. Although, <laughs> even, even non-wrestling fans, I still get a kick out of showing them his uh, that, that famous contract where, you know, he got like half a million dollars for wiping his arse backstage, you know? I mean, it was yeah. absolutely insane. So, Hogan doesn't bother me that much. The fact that his uh, daughter uh, is very similar to his wife creeps me out a bit. Um, I think he's <laughs> he's had some questionable episodes, but... And maybe it's why I'm a wrestling fan. I like a happy ending. When I saw him at WrestleMania 30, when he came out and completely balls up the venue that he was referring to uh, for <laughs> WrestleMania 3 or whatever, I love seeing that. To me, that's what the wrestling was always about, you know? And um, I love it when the old guys come back. So I was also happy when he came back. Was it year before last when he was out? And then uh, Heyman just being... Uh, this is the thing. I don't watch it all the time now, but I'll check in with it. And, you know, I've got my guys. I think Paul Heyman's obviously just 
incredible. So, to answer your question, this is like one of my links on the radio, John. I'm it is like, yeah, yeah, just hurry up, guys. <clears throat> um, Randy Savage, every day of the week. Yeah. Every day of the week. Um, just when I watched him, he was interesting. I don't think there's many wrestlers, although I suppose we're here to disagree with this sort of thing, that are as good a heel as they were a face. A better heel, actually. Uh, and anecdotally now, when you look back in hindsight and you've got these amazing websites like History of WWE where they list off every house show, uh, you know, the respect for the fact that it sounds like the company really did lean on him when Hogan went off first time. I think it was like 88 when, when Savage got his first title. Um, it's clear that there was a lot of shit being put on him because, you know, they'd never done it before after the, the big, big, big start of the boom. Uh, and, you know, obviously if Hogan's not there in the 80s, it's not going to be as big, but it wasn't far off. I think he did a better job than anyone of carrying the company. And, you know, the stories you hear, again, through these websites of what he did gimmick-wise and uh, how much he stuck to it. And mm. I think everyone thought he was fucking mental, but I think he had respect, you know? No, no, exactly, exactly. No, Savage is a good shout. So let's teach these young whippersnappers something about the old wrestling or the wrestling, um, Gary. Uh, you've picked out a pay-per-view for the boys to check out and for our listeners as a whole to check out what you picked out, mate. I've actually got two because, and this was oh, bothering me. Because, just pick one, man. <clears throat> but I think the one that I'm going to pick is going to be right. so cliche to everyone for the reasons that I've picked it, and it was right. Royal Rumble 92. Right, okay. Before yeah, see, I'm I can see Gary there. That's I, no. <laughs> yeah. even if even if you weren't born until 2004, you've watched Royal Rumble '92, you know. And the reason for that was you know, there was a few reasons for it, but I just had a feeling that would be suggested about six times for the same reason, which was uh, you know Flair going over the entire company, uh, the star power, the last five guys in the ring. You know, had Taker, Savage, Flair, Hogan. I think the only people, and when, when you think. If you were to ask someone to list off, back in those days anyway, uh, the top 10 wrestlers, not even through uh, ability necessarily, just through pop culture, their, their, their status, their household name status, I think the only ones from the entire company of the, the glo those glory, the, go the golden era of then, I think it was Bret Hart, he wasn't wrestling, and Warrior. You know, every other, you had everyone from Jimmy Snuka to Greg Valentine all the way up to you know, Owen Hart was part of the cards as well. So um, that, and again, before it sounds like I'm going to miss it out, Bobby Heenan's commentary. I think to this day, you won't hear anything as funny as fat. He must have been fucking shattered after that. <laughs> you know, he, he, re he really earned his money. So, so yeah, I'm saying Royal Rumble 92, but I'm not because everyone's seen it. So Right, okay, okay. Right. So you're not saying Royal Rumble 92. So what are we going for? Uh, WrestleMania 6. WrestleMania 6. What did you love about WrestleMania 6? I love the fact that even though WrestleMania... So WrestleMania 3 obviously was, you know... It, I know the attendance is disputed, but still, to this day, if you look at that crowd, it, it, it's just fucking insane, you know? Yeah. Um, so that felt like a big event. But then, of course, it was a one-off in a way in the first five because although Madison Square Garden is what it is, the old house shows you used to watch and your Coliseum videos, again, ask your dad about uh, Coliseum <laughs> videos. Ask your dad about videos. Madison Square Garden always looked really shit. Uh, they didn't bother with any lighting. You wouldn't know there was 100 people out there, <clears throat> despite how you know revered it was by, uh, I guess it's just because it's the, the home of, of the company. But WrestleMania's one and two, you know, weren't, they were special historically, but 
WrestleMania three, obviously completely different. And again, I thought that might be chosen. Four and five weren't really for me. Uh, WrestleMania four felt like it was 17 years long. In fact, I remember my mate Jared had it on video and it was so long. It was a double video set you got. Yeah, I remember um, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, WrestleMania five for much the same reason. Um, I've seen shots of it since where someone's got, because I'm a big fan of Pritchard's show and all the rest of it. That, that, as you can imagine, I don't go near anything post-2002, but I can't <laughs> get enough of it. Otherwise, it was just a shit venue. You know, the Trump yeah, Plaza, yeah. it just, it looked like it was in a marquee. Um, the yellow carpet, so it just looked shit. So for me, WrestleMania six, historically important, first one outside uh, America itself, but, that to me, and I, obviously I'm still talking well before the production you get now with pyro, with lighting, with everything. That felt like the first big shit. This is, uh, you know, Jesse Ventura used to compare it to the Super Bowl and all your hype men would, but that felt like a huge event. It looked slick, you know, the aisle looked incredible, the, the stadium, uh, the arena looked, uh, the dome looked incredible, that big screen, you know. So for lots of reasons, before you even get to the matches, it just yeah, felt yeah, huge. Yeah. It felt like. It felt like the start of the new production era, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, because obviously the main event was something that WWE and certainly Vince stayed well queer of. We had, you know, the biggest faces in the industry going up against each other for, you know, the unification of the titles intercontinental. Well, it wasn't unification, but intercontinental and the, the heavyweight championship. I yep. mean, is, is that what does, is that the one match on the card that is your go-to or was there anything in the undercard that you, that you think? Um, some of it was interesting. I mean, I did think there was a lot of shit there as well. The fact that they had... Um, I'm just looking the, down the card just I'm just looking down the card just now. There was some so, shit. So the, the Hart Foundation went out and uh, they got a massive pop, but this is Bret Hart. And I know he wasn't anywhere near what he became, um, but it was still Bret Hart in Canada and it was what, a 17 second match or something. It was almost like a novelty match, which I thought was a bit of a waste. Not yeah. just because he was in Canada, but because you want to see Bret Hart wrestle, you know? I mean, the card's um, pretty stacked. 15 matches on the card, it's pretty stacked. Even, yeah, you know, again. You get stacked cards these days at WrestleManias, but that, for those days, was a pretty stacked card. Absolutely. Uh, the first mixed mixed tag match I think it was it was a uh, Sherry sensational Sherry who I could talk about all night just again not even as a wrestling fan just I've watched a couple of shoot interviews with her and uh, you know I don't think there's any female uh, again gents of the younger generation I'm going back pre-1963 but <laughs> I don't think there's any female in the industry who was respected more by the boys uh, for just getting involved and going you know hell for leather so that was on although that was again when you look at Savage the year before um, you know, he's in the main event and now he's wrestling a Neron midget um, with Dusty Rhodes. That felt like a bit of a, a <laughs> you know, fall from grace. However, without sidetracking, that's another reason I love Savage. I don't think anyone else could have made the King moniker what it was. You know, he really did run with everything that was uh, given to him. So, Warrior Hogan, obviously huge. Uh, like you say, face versus face. I think uh, it might have been Bruce Pritchard or someone else makes the really pernickety point that it wasn't actually title for title because uh, you know it was all about either maintaining uh, what Hogan had or take it like the Intercontinental title was going either way to a tournament but it was one of Hogan's um, it was, I think it was probably one of both it, it wasn't an embarrassment you know neither of them are known for being good workers but uh, whether it was uh, you know I mean, I mean, when you look at when you look back at the time, I'm just looking at the time here. It went twenty, went on twenty two minutes. For, for Warrior, it must have been the longest match he's ever been involved in. Yeah, I, I guess as well. 
Yeah. yeah absolutely. You're, you're right. It's, um, again, you're looking for somebody, you're looking for a Bret Hart to carry one of them through a match and, or a Savage. And they were, you know, the blind leading the blind. But yeah, it turned in a great match. Maybe it was the event feel of it. You also with the crowd, you know, like you say, it was it was this, it was almost taboo. They didn't really this hadn't been done before in such a, a mainstream, uh, such a huge stage. So it just had that massive event feel. Hogan obviously did something that he's um, I think I don't know how many times he done it in his life. Maybe twice. He put him over cleanly, and uh, yeah, I just loved the whole feel of the event. Uh, there was again, there were some embarrassing bits about it, uh, like Jimmy Hart coming out and singing with uh, Honky Tonk Man and. Greg Valentine, who was obviously a very serious wrestler and an ex-intercontinental champion, looked utterly fucking embarrassed with his life at that point. He was standing <laughs> with his hair dyed black, coming down the aisle in a pink Cadillac with Diamond Dallas Page. It's just like, you know, lots of nonsense, but lots of good matches. Um, also, uh, Rick Rude was in that as well. I was a big fan of him. thought he was quite yeah, good because yeah, he somehow yeah. jolted around looking... He sort of played the old man when he was hobbling about, but obviously te- technically a brilliant wrestler. So again, another, another name-packed, star-packed card. And it's funny, now that I'm talking about it, I'm realizing a lot of the card was actually shit. So I don't really know why I chose it. So WrestleMania 6, that is your retro review for this week as set by Gary Spence. Uh, Gary, thank you very much for coming on the show. and setting right. By the way, watch out for the two things I love about the commentary, because I always mention the commentary because they make it. In fact, one of my favorite facts of all time is the fact that when Jesse Ventura took WWE to court retrospectively to get royalties money because he argued he was talent, yeah. um, I, you guys might have better sources than me. I consider myself quite well read up in this sort of thing. But um, if I was ever going to get in touch with the Pritchard Show and ask a question, which I'd never be that guy, I'd never make that final step. But the question I would ask is, if it, is it true, which apparently it is, that to determine whether or not the commentators are can, or should be considered talent and have the same rights with royalties and merchandise, um, a, a grand court jury in New York had to watch WrestleMania 3's uh, main event without commentary, then watch it with commentary. And I just think that like Jesse Ventura was... Yeah. <clears throat> it's a brilliant story, but there's a bit in WrestleMania 6 where Ventura, I'd never spotted it before, although I heard he did it. He'd always give a shout out to his wife and her sister back home in Massachusetts or something, <laughs> which was a, apparently starting to piss them off. But Jesse Ventura clearly did not give a fuck about anything. So. <laughs> I love Jesse. I love Jesse. He's my favourite car commentator. <clears throat> Gary, thanks very much. And of course, we can hear you on the wireless where? Uh, four o'clock, depending on your location. Uh, Clyde One, Fourth One, West FM, TFM, North Sound One. And on Saturday nights on all those stations, but not Clyde One, but adding on Radio Borders and MFR. It's all very simple. It's not at all a mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much for coming on, Gary. I'm all Good meet- to meet you guys. Nice old media sets. You just made the list! So every week we ask you guys to vote on our list of wrestling daft. This week, 
as Rab's away getting married. We thought we'd ask our patrons, do you want us to talk about the best wrestling weddings? Oh, of course you thought. Everyone will vote for that one. Of course. Rab's getting married. That's sweet. It's romantic. No, that didn't happen. We also put that, we put that up against, do you want us to talk about the worst themes in wrestling? And with 67% of the vote, everybody voted to talk about the worst themes in wrestling. So we thought we'd hand the baton over to Gary Cassidy on this one because he's never done the list of wrestling daft. So this is very exciting. Me and Alex don't know what he's going to say here. (laughs) Gary, fire away. I'm absolutely raging because I really wanted to just talk about that Chuck and Billy wedding, but I guess it will just need to wait for another time. Am I allowed to have some honourable mentions here? Yeah, go for it. Excellent, because I was struggling to get this, you know, down. One of the honourable mentions, I believe somebody actually mentioned it on Twitter, and it was the Rob Conway, just look at me, Randy Human ripoff. Uh, sounded like you've got a friend in me. Oh, that was yeah. one of the ones. Um, Brie Bella, the Brie mode thing, just because it sounds like Poker Face by Lady Gaga. Brie. <laughs> the, the severe bad auto-tune. And there was two <laughs> other ones that were very close, but I just decided to leave them out just because they weren't too relevant to current times. Uh, X Factor. Oh, if anyone remember them, X Pack, A Train, really bad kind of R&B, kind of smooth boy bandy thing. Terrible. And the other one was the Mountie. I hated it, but it kind of fitted the character. What the, do not take that back. Take that back. The, the second any one Jimmy where Hart it's theme, like... Any Jimmy Hart theme is a winner. <laughs> any Jimmy no. Hart theme is a Hated the Mountie. But yeah, so that leads me down to three. I was struggling to get it done, but that leads me down to three. And the third worst wrestling theme tune of all time is Hornswoggle. I don't think I need to say any more if you think of Hornswoggle. remember what it sounds like. It is. Yes. It's literally just a leprechaun theme tune and they dressed Hornswoggle up in leprechaun gear and it was terrible. Absolutely terrible. So that is definitely in at number three purely for the fact that they used leprechaun music for the guy who is a dwarf. That's the gimmick though. Come on. The gimmick he probably uh, didn't enjoy playing. Aye, I, I, I think uh, for the, the chat I had on Wrestling Daft a few months ago, I know that he doesn't look back with hard feelings, but it wasn't for me. Right, okay then. What's the second num- the second worst wrestling team tune of all time. And this comes with the prerequisite that it's because this person had an incredible theme tune and now does not. Shelton Benjamin. So we all remember the Ain't No Stopping Me Now song that he had that, you know, is whatever the last run uh, back 15 years ago. He's now got the most generic wrestler theme theme tune ever. It's just a really bad, like, it it sounds like somewhere, you know, somewhere between Cedric Alexander and Apollo Crews' theme tunes. It's a really, really bad theme tune. That's the only, only, like, new one that I could bring. I was close to putting Tamina in there, but I was like, no, Shelton Benjamin's new one is absolutely terrible. And the worst wrestling theme tune of all time is Akira Tozawa. No, I'm kidding on, John. Don't worry. (laughs) Don't worry. Amazing. I love (laughs) Tozawa. No, the worst of all time. The second that you said this was going to be what was one of the possible contenders, I was like, one thing came to mind, one song came to mind. Song being a loose word to use here. Isaac Yankum.
Oh. The dentist drill. There is nothing worse. And, and I know that it was the gimmick, but there's nothing worse than that <laughs> dentist drill hitting. Terrible gimmick for a start. I appreciate what they were trying to do with it, because, you know, everybody hates the dentist. What better heel can you have than the dentist? But that drill hitting was possibly the worst sound effect in all of wrestling. So Isaac Yankum is definitely top of the list. Right, okay. Um, Bring it back for Britt Baker. Bring it back yay! for Baker. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Um, Alex, we might have to get you to sing. For PRS reasons, we might have to get you to sing some of these themes. Um, so we'll, we'll go through the list of what the West listeners suggested for the worst. Patron Chris Taylor says the Mountie as well. The ma- I'm the Mountie. That I. I, I love that. I always just think of in the Navy. That's in exactly. the Navy. Exactly. When you do that, it was like, um, I've not put it on the list here, but someone suggested uh, William Regal's uh, I'm a, a Man's Man. Oh, I'm a Man's Man. Aye, that one is terrible. That's cracking. No, I no, love, no. I love, it's like the Dennis Waterman of write the theme song, <laughs> sing the theme song. I love that sort of stuff. Shawn Michaels being the best example of it. Do you know what's surprising here? Apart from I think uh, only one of the things I mentioned and only one of the wrestlers, oh, sorry, two of the ones I mentioned and only two of the ones that the, the, the um, listeners have sent in are CFO dollar sign songs. They are getting off quite lightly here, aren't they? <laughs> True. Uh, David says, Kane steam after ditching slow chemical was rotten. I don't remember. I think every Kane, I've liked every I Kane theme. I think he's always been. Just put down Isaac Yankum. Isaac Yankum is. Apart from Isaac Yankum, that's non canon. <laughs> that doesn't count. Yeah. Uh, worst theme says Ali was when Austin got the disturbed song. Yeah, I hated that when they put lyrics over Austin's. Theme. And by proxy, again, the Nakamura one, just because of how amazing the first one was. Yeah, you know, but I don't mind the new one. But how amazing the first one was! Fans to sing along, so they were like, lots of Japanese. Yeah, well, that's that. when he turned heel. I would suspect if he goes face again, it will go back to the original. Yeah. Uh, Big Money says the hideous mashup of the Brizango theme was just the worst, most jarring, awful piece of noise ever made. I hate mashup. Any mashup is bad. Any mashup Aye. is bad. They obviously did it with Kyrie and Oscar as well. Hate it. Hate just it. goddamn lazy, really, isn't it? It's just, yeah. la- I mean, it's not lazy because it's quite hard to probably mash them up. But <laughs> just get, give them, a, you know, a, a theme to gear. Big Cass's solo theme says Patreon Dean. I remember that being minging. Oh, I do remember that because that's also when they had. Big Cass on the Titantron and he'd stand in the middle so it just said Big Ass. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was just bad all round. Uh, Toast McSavage, Diesel's first scene, just that truck horn did my tits in. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything that's like that, again, Wally Jake said, like the right to censor theme as well with a you know the, the, the great right theme though. That's, that's, that, that summed that group up perfectly just a fucking alarm when they came out so everyone yeah. was already annoyed before they got Aye. to the ring that, yeah. that was genius and how bad it was though I think that was deliberately bad and good because it was bad yeah, yeah I'm looking down the list as well someone said the, the record scratch remember Dolph Ziggler did that whole gimmick oh. With the record Aye. scratch, I oh, hated that as well. Aye. It's not really a theme, though, is it? Uh, Callum says it's not hilarious, hilariously bad or anything, but also AG Styles WWE music is really underwhelming. I really like his. I think his is good. I didn't like it at the very first appearance, but I quite liked that Roman Reigns sold that he didn't know who it was. But I think his theme is quite good. I don't mind it. Yeah, for yeah, a guy, who, no. yeah. yeah, for a guy who is considered one of the best ever, it's just very middle of the road and bleh. 
I kind of get that. Kinda get I think that. he requested a hip hop track, though, did he not? Because he'd never had a hip hop track before, and he's like, I want a hip hop track. And that yeah. was part of his contract. Yeah. contract. So he got a hip hop track. Controversial one here from Tommy. For me, it's John Cena. His entrance would be so much better with something else. Same oh, guy, no. <laughs> both the Doctor, I thought, about Thugonomics one and the uh, Time Is Now are both. I, I, I think. Have they, they, have you I, ever I, seen the video for Bad Bad Man? from John Cena's rap album. No, I don't think Oh, it's, it's, it's hilarious, right? So he dresses up as the A-team and they go full like B.A. Baracus on everything and there's just like explosions everywhere and Cena's the old guy with the white hair. <laughs> Great. It's from uh, that, it's from that kind of early Cena region when he had an album. It's hilarious. Uh, we've got one from uh, John who's got a few, sorry, Paul has got a few here. Heidenreich, Bastian, Booger, David Foyer, Rob Van Damme's first team. Can we, can we, right, can we, can we go back to actors to play, um, can we get Arnold Schwarzenegger to play Heidenreich in our in our wrestling film? Yes, we can do that. We can <laughs> do that. That's a good joke. Um, and uh, he, Paul also says, if anyone says the Mountie Quebecers or the Rougeau brothers, they can get in the bin. The Mountie <laughs> will always be over with me. Which leads me on to Patreon. James comments, loads of terrible themes, but the crown jewel of the So Bad It's Good theme has to be the fabulous Rougeau brothers with all American boys. <laughs> it's equally the best and worst theme ever. From Montreal to I, do you know what? I don't know why, but I have been singing in my head for the last month all American boys from the Fabulous Rouge Brothers. Are, are you guys aware of the Fabulous Rouge Brothers? I don't even remember. No, I don't remember that at all. Right, okay. You've got to go out. Everyone, I, I say, if you've not heard the Fabulous Rouge Brothers uh, theme song, go out and listen to it. It is so bad. Like uh, James says, it is brilliant. It's been in my head for the last month and it needs to get out because I'm going mad. <laughs> Now, let me take a little bit of time out now to tell you about Harry's. Now, if you don't know what Harry's are, it's basically everything you're going to need for a smooth shave. Um, I've just used it there. I've got one of their trial sets. Um, I'm one of these guys that lets my, my beard grow in, you know, take the clippers over the beard and then do the neck with a razor. Um, and I have to say, it was a very, very smooth shave. Um, you get this amazing trial pack, which comes with a, a razor, you get nice um, shave gel in there, it's nice aloe vera, it leaves you smelling nice. And you get travel blade cover as well with it. Um, really, really good shave, it's left my neck very, very smooth and my wife's been very impressed by it. But let me tell you a wee bit about um, Harry's story. Basically, it's two guys that set this up, um, Jeff and Andy, uh, fed up with overpriced razors, you know, all those that you get in the supermarkets. So basically, they thought... We want to fix the shaving here. Um, so there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory. And by taking less profit, it means Harry's offers great quality products at a fair price. Um, the blades are amazing quality, and they're almost half the price of the leading kind of five blades, you know, your Gillettes and all that sort of stuff. So it's a five-blade shave that you get with Harry's. It's really, really good. And if you sign up, you get a trial set, which gets everything that you need. You get a razor with that a weighted ergonomic handle and I have to say it is pr a pretty 
I have to say, I didn't notice that when I was shaving with it. It's a really good handle on it, which gives you precision. Um, they've got the, the engineer blades with five there. It's got a lubricating strip, uh, strip and trimmer blade on there. And you get shave gel and travel blade cover in the trial pack as well. Um, and we've got an exclusive offer for you here at Wrestling Daft. Basically, you can get started shaving with Harry's today by claiming a trial set for just $3.95. Like I say, everything's in there and it gives you a really, really good shave. So... Get on board with us, uh, support the podcast, and we'll get your trial set sorted for you. Uh, you get everything in there, uh, the razor handle, the five-blade cartridge, shave gel, and a travel blade. It's only going to cost you $3.95, so dead easy to get involved for that. Harrys.com forward slash wrestling daft. If you get onto that right now, Harrys.com forward slash wrestling daft. We'll sort you out that kit for $3.95, and we'll give you a decent shave. <laughs> So, big guests on Wrestling Daft, uh, we've had a few recently, we've got Tama Tonga next week, but this week, you know, Grado isn't here, so we need to keep the TNA flag up. Uh, so, we have got, from Impact, speaking to Gary Cassidy, the Good Brothers, Gary, how did he manage to get them? Yeah, and, and um, in recent years, you'd say probably the second biggest signing Impact's ever had, apart from Grado, so there you go. Um, <laughs> But no, well, Joe Hendry, third Joe Hendry. Let's, let's give him <laughs> Aye, Joe Hendry can go in there as well, definitely. Um, but yeah, this was one that I actually had a, a wee chat planned with them about talking shop mania. Then they signed with Impact, and I got given them through Impact, which was great as well. So it was a pretty Impact-heavy chat. But of course, the Good Brothers. I keep saying it. They're not people to leave money on the table, so they would open up about everything and make the most of everything. Ask them, you know, who's going to be the biggest star out of the free agents that isn't the Good Brothers and Impact. Ask them what AJ Styles thought of them signing with Impact. And yeah, they just chatted away and were their usual Good Brothers self. Guys that just have a great love of the business, uh, as we've seen through Talking Shop Mania. And yeah, hopefully everybody enjoys it half as much as I enjoyed doing it. So here they are, Carl and Big Luke. Hey everyone and welcome to another very special Impact interview and you could say this one is twice as exciting as many that we've done in the past because we've got two guests so let's get down to it and talk some shop with the best tag team in the world Fact, the best wrestler in the world, Machine Gun Carl Anderson and the best big guy in the world, that's the big LG Doc Gallows It's the Good Brothers Now I'm giving them that fantastic intro because we need to address the elephant in the room before we get into the interview I'm nothing if I'm not transparent, so full disclosure, I wrote an article last month confirming that you guys had signed with Impact, that it was a done deal, and that evidently didn't ruin any surprises, because when Impact broke the news of your signing, the tweet became the best performing tweet in the company's history. Now I was going to ask, how lucky am I to be far enough away from you guys not to be on the receiving end of a magic killer, but a better question would be, Whose idea was it to announce your debut ahead of time and would you guys have actually preferred it to be kept a secret? I thought thinking it was a good idea. Why not? I mean, let's, let's, let's get some buzz. Let's get some eyes on this thing. And I think that uh, us and Impact did a good job of using our countdown to down thing that we were uh, promoting to social media because we were going to announce our own paper talk and shop of mania, but also we needed a big announcement as to where we were going. So, Doctor Strike 12, Yeah, I think 
announcement, uh, I thought it was, uh, I thought it made it more fun to announce that we went ahead and signed. I would say if, if it was in front of a live crowd and and maybe they were waiting for surprises and then you can get that reaction by that surprise, maybe 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 it could have held off. But I think in this in this COVID nineteen environment and there not being a crowd, I, I I think us announcing that we were coming to Impact actually got a lot more eyes on that pay per view, and uh, that's what made it that's what made it so cool. And with the Magic Killer. You're lucky. You're lucky. You're, it wouldn't really be that you're not that lucky because it's probably the safest move in wrestling. Yeah. So um, the one thing that I think is definitely unquestionable is well, the tweet worked. It done the trick. I mean, I mentioned it there. It's the best performing tweet in Impact history. Everyone's talking about the Good Brothers and Impact, so I don't think there's any question it worked. But my favourite thing. Big LG, um, you led everyone on a wild goose chase, which was amazing, you know, from the, the photo in, in Jacksonville with a Bullet Club beer koozie in the Aces and Eights vest. It was, um, I think you'll forgive me for saying it was a hoot, um, but yeah, no one can ever accuse you guys of leaving money on the table. How fun was it to toy with the fans a little bit there? Like I said, you've made an immediate impression, get everyone talking. I keep referring to you guys as being like a needle-shifting talent, someone who brings eyes to the product. I spoke to world champion Eddie Edwards last week. He very much echoed that sentiment. But the one thing that I need to ask, you guys aren't the only new arrivals in Impact. Of course, there's Eric Young, Heath, EC3 and Brian Myers all turning up. Do you know personally if you guys were the first to sign out of that group? And if so, did any of them ask you for advice or was it the other way around? Uh, well, yeah, we, we were all strong fun and we're all friends. Uh, and we're all kind of cleaning up into this. And uh, I think it came off beautifully with, like you said, EC3, EY, uh, Brian Myers, Keith. Uh, it came off great, you know. Um, but yeah, we were, we were talking a lot. And that's the one thing that I think, you know, so many of you turning up, obviously you guys I mentioned being a, a huge name, but there's people that have never been outside of WWE. The one thing that I need to ask before we get into, you know, everything that's going on in Impact right now and how fun it is, there's one man that you guys are very good friends with who's somewhat of a legend in Impact and TNA and AJ Styles. Did you guys ask him for any advice before you signed and what was his reaction to you signing? Uh, he called when he knew that it was actually confirmed. But, you know, he's busy doing his schedule with WWE, and we're, we were busier than we've ever been, putting together, you know, all the stuff that we're working on and these wrestling deals. So he, he called and said that he was happy once it was done. And I don't think we ever went, actually went to AJ and then for everybody on whether we should do it or not because we had so much trust in the more, which is what we were really looking for to bond. I think we got burned on the, the last run with that a little bit, so... We were looking for that, and we both struck Scott, so it was all good. Definitely, and I've... Ultimately, 
we're going to talk AJ Styles and then coming back to Impact. So that's what we're doing every single day. Text, texting it and telling them to come back. Man, I can't tell you how sold I would be to see you three guys back together on Impact. That would be incredible. Um, but yeah, we, we keep mentioning yourselves and the other new arrivals. I'm going to assume that if I ask you which new arrivals will have the biggest, pardon the pun, impact in Impact, you're going to say yourselves. So let's take you guys out of the equation. Which of the other guys do you think is going to be like, you know, a rejuvenated talent in Impact and someone the world has to see? I thought, well, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gallo said this earlier that he, you know, watching the, like, what, what he can do when he comes back and get, being able to stand out and show what he can truthfully do is going to be awesome, man. And Brian Myers, you know, people haven't really gotten a chance to see what Brian Myers can even do. And, like, he's a, you know, he's a talented brother. And then, of course, EC3 has had, has had, you know, main event, had a main event run in Impact before. And then Eric Young, obviously the world champion. I mean, there's like so many, so many things that got picked up in this last, you know, at that anniversary and the TV after. It's, uh, it's an exciting time for Impact. Yeah, I mean, you, you throw that in there and then you got the Motor City Machine Guns, one of the greatest tag teams in Impact. Uh, they're making a surprise return too, which I, I, I almost felt the most bad for them because I love that that was positioned open the paper but if we would have had a live audience it would have gotten one hell of a pop when that music hit man 100% and I love that that you guys were almost like a decoy for them turning up because you know everyone expected you to answer the open challenge those guys come out and it's you know doubly as exciting because we know they've still got you guys later on in the night and then you've got the Motor City Machine Guns at the start it was absolutely great so you've kind of bridged into my next question there which was you know on the opposite end of that scale are there any talents who have been an impact for a while that new fans may not know about but have particularly impressed you guys since you've signed? Yeah, I've brought up Ace Austin a couple of times. He's 23 years old and like as talented as he is, as young as he is, I'm mean, I'm what, a, what, what an opportunity he has. And, and Fulton, this guy's a huge guy. You got Willie Mack, who people might, might have heard, might not have heard of. But, like, the eyes are on impact right now. And, like, I'm glad that Eddie Edwards was able to, to, to be seen in the, in the main event when it's winning the championship like that. Because, like, right now with all these new guys coming here and, like, and, you know, the good brothers coming to impact, I mean, there's going to be some eyes on impact. So, like, right now, these next these next couple months of television are important because you're going to get new eyes watching and and these, and these guys need to deliver and, and I think that they did and it's, uh, that's why I'm so excited to be a part of Impact right now. Yeah, and back to, you know, sorry, we mentioned, uh, you know, current Impact right now those names have been here a while, you know, Ace Austin you've got on the younger end of the scale, 23 years old you mentioned, guy that's taken the world by storm, there's also people like, you know, Ken Shamrock, Tom, Tommy Dreamer, uh, RVD, Rhino, a lot of big names, a big, big veteran uh, names in the locker room. I've been told by a certain someone recently that you guys are the best in the business at popping the boys backstage, so I'd have to assume that the locker room's taken to you well. How do you feel like you're fitting into the Impact Locker Room? Product. 
Definitely, and yet there's a lot of chat. We mentioned earlier about um, some Aces and Eights merchandise sitting around unused. Um, there's been a lot of talk online about a potential reunion. Is that something you guys feel like would be good for you to be involved in? And if so, who would you want to be involved with? Oh, man, I, I, you know, I couldn't be in any faction that just have a mission to go to. No matter what it's called, whether it's called the Aces the Bullet Club, it's any of the names that we've had. As far as groups go, we need each other. Um, I would also like to bring in Russell Romero and Tom Tonga and Steve. And then maybe, I don't know, if we can straighten out his attitude on any thoughts, and I'll take that man both to do the thing I can do. I can chill and drink more beer, and he can handle the ass kicking for me. <laughs> Most definitely. I've got a, um, an interview with Tamatonga tomorrow, so I'll need to ask him if that's something he's interested in as well. Uh, but yeah, we've mentioned you know a, a load of names that Impact have picked up. So I need to chuck in the little cheeky one. Is there anyone out there that you'd like to join the company who's not yet signed? Oh yeah. I mean, I want I want Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner to be one of our managers. I want Kevin Nash. <laughs> Paul Hogan recently called him the greatest tag team to ever do it. I want him to be one of our managers. Uh, I'd like to recruit Ben Balor and AJ Styles to this pack. I mean, the list goes on and on. Man. Yeah, I want, I want all of the Japan boys to come over. I want Impact to work with Japan Pro Wrestling. I want us to take Impact Wrestling as high and as big as we possibly can get it. And, and we have a lot of friends in the business, man, and we're very... Uh, charming and persuasive brothers and we're going to work our ass off to get people to come to Impact Wrestling no matter what. Constantly recruiting. <laughs> yeah, we're already working well. I, I was going to say if, uh, if anyone can persuade <laughs> if anyone can persuade people to come to Impact it is 100% going to be you guys because who wouldn't want to work with you um, but that you've, you've kind of already upcut my next question which I love when that happens because I'm going to ask it anyway, just to clarify. One of the things that um, that I'd been told, and you've kind of teased it there, I guess, is that the rumour was that while you guys are contracted to Impact, you were also going to be able to work in New Japan when travel restrictions are lifted. Is that true? And would you like to see a future relationship between the two? That is 100% true, and we would 100% like the mutual relationship between the two, and that's nothing that would benefit everybody. And we can't wait for the world to open until we can return to you. Yeah, and you know, Impact has different, Impact has grown, and like they have different, a different management right now, a smart management, and a management that's into, into, into growing the product, and you know, New, New Japan Pro Wrestling and, and, and Impact together, however they work, maybe we start out, you know, working, just us working with them, or however we do it, it'd be, it would be awesome to see Tanahashi come down to that ring and have a main event match against Eddie Edwards. I think someday, somehow, something like that will happen. Man, most definitely that would be incredible. I've got two final quick questions for you guys. The first one, you know, we mentioned a load of names, but Impact opens up a lot of possibility for you guys in terms of people you might not have worked with before or not for a while at least. Who do you guys want to work with the most? Who is the one, uh, or the one team or whoever that you want to get in the ring with an Impact? Uh, well, uh, I'll be, I, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I, I want to get in there with Eddie Edwards at some point because I want to challenge for the World Heavyweight Championship, and I think Gallows would say the same for that. Um, and I, I, I want to get in there with the North, the North as a tag team because you know they 
they've had an awesome they had an awesome title reign with with Impact, but I don't think a, a lot of people have gotten eyes on them yet. They're great. They're a great team. They're both individually good professional wrestlers, and if people can start getting eyes on those guys, I think in wrestling the, the Motor City Machine Guns, wrestling us, you know, and bringing more eyes to them is going to make them even higher and bigger. Um, and to get in there with the Motor City Machine Guns, man, like. I mean, that's a, that's a dream match at some point. And there's just so much talent there that we're looking forward to getting in the ring with. I couldn't have said that better. <laughs> Excellent. The one final question that I need to ask... So back when I stuck out that article, I seen that uh, Carl, you had retweeted someone um, who had sourced my article and they'd added a little comment to it saying that you guys didn't seem like you were divas about money, uh, <laughs> which I thought was uh, great for anybody that's listened to Talking Shop. But the one thing that I need to ask, you know, all this hype has come up about you guys, about Impact recently. Obviously, we mentioned that the best performing tweet in Impact history, Slammiversary, became one of the greatest Impact wrestling events in, you know, recent times. I think you guys have a lot to, you know, a lot to claim for your own success there as being part of that. Are you being paid enough? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, uh, you know, it, that's, that's, that's part of it, man. You know, we, we love to do what we do, but, and we'll probably do this until the day we die. But, we, you know, we also have family, and we also are businessmen, so we're not going to play around with bullshit. And Impact didn't come with any kind of bullshit. They, they came strong with um, an offer on all kinds of, on every single front, and it was something that we literally could not, um, we couldn't turn it down, we couldn't refuse it, and it was something that there was no way we were going to walk away from, and Impact took care of us in every way in that sense. I think that's one that's going to nicely um, stop some people from talking a lot of rubbish online, so I really like that answer, but yeah, thank you guys so much for taking the time, I really appreciate it, and I can't wait to see you guys in Impact, it's going to be absolutely amazing. Appreciate you brother, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, brother. Thanks guys, have a good day. So that's it for this week's Wrestling Daft's Headline Show. Thank you very much for listening. Sorry, Rab and Grado aren't here and you've been lumped with us, see. But um, we'll be back on Tuesday with the Mark Show. We'll be back here covering again next week. Listener of the Week, Time Boys. Any nominations from you guys? The guy that put over the uh, underground. <laughs> that's not that. I think there's going to be some host bias here, so I don't even think there's any point in trying. Yeah, so Big Mad Andy who says, bury people who listen but don't sub to Patreon and he also put over MGS promos, so completely agreed with me. So Big Mad Andy, you are listener of the week. Thank you very much. I'll get the title in the post to you. Uh, so oh, it's, it's rescinded if he, he isn't actually a Patreon himself. Yes, that will be. <laughs> but I think Big Mad Andy is one of our patrons. <laughs> um, that's it for this week's show. Please rate, review and subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, like I say, we go twice a week now. Tuesday it's us, Friday it's normally Raven Radio, but you're kind of stuck with us for the next week while. Uh, next week we've got Tama Tonga on this show, which will be cool. Uh, talking about Japanese wrestling, which Alex will be very excited about. And Rab. And Rab will be excited about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll be back on the marks with the. Uh, I've got to, you know, big up turning Japanese because it is our most popular feature on Wrestling Bath. Um, so. That'll be back on Tuesday, so enjoy that. Um, remember, if you aren't a Patreon, get involved. Sign up, 
give us some money uh, keep the podcast going thanks to everyone that's done that already patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft uh, you'll check out the video you'll be able to check out the video version you'll be able to see Gary wearing this lovely pool stop I'm wearing my chips cheese and donor meat uh, top representing and Alex you'll be able to see his cat stuff in the background so get on there lots of exciting stuff uh, so get on there patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft and why not buy yourself a t-shirt as well shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft where can we get you on the Twitter, Gary, so we can wind you up and try and get you fish and get you to bite? Yeah, while you're checking out Wrestling Daft, take away the last four letters, Wrestling Gary. Right, there you go. And Alex, we don't bother selling your Twitter, do you? Because you don't even post on it. So post the gubbin. There you go. <laughs> right, cool. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for that, boys. Thanks for helping us out on Wrestling Daft this week. We will be back on the show say, should we, do the, we should invent a new catchphrase really because you know Rab and Gray will do up the road and it's yourself we should invent some sort of wrestling uh, daft catchphrase for us as well in fact if you've got a catchphrase for us please get into us on our Twitter at wrestling daft until then we'll just say see you next week Audio Frontier Step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.